it's Friday at 9.30, what is it? It's I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson. That's right. This is your house now. It's my house. And as always, in my house, I just open the door and look who walks in. It's Tyler Kern. Oh, yeah. Happy to be here today. Well, thanks for thanks for coming to my house for 30 <laughs> minutes. Uh, so, Tyler. Yes. I, I got to tell you something. We're get, we've got a great show today. Okay. We're going to be talking to a nurse. Ooh. Nurses are the backbone of healthcare. Uh, yes, this I believe. This I, I buy. I, you, yeah. And you should. Yeah. yeah. Physicians are, are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of great physicians, don't get me wrong. But I'm telling you, nurses, uh, they, they're they incredibly hardworking people. Yeah. Uh, they do some unbelievable, unbelievable things. Um, you know, it's incredibly physically and emotionally uh, demanding. Yes. Yes. I mean, they're, they're the frontline caregivers for any of the venues in healthcare, you know, whether it be a physician's office or a hospital or or a surgical center, nurses are the ones that you know they they kind of, they're kind of the glue. But but it, you know, with that difficult job and and unbelievable rewards, uh, comes a lot of comes a lot of stress. Sure. And, and so our guest today is Kalia Owens, and Kalia has been uh, she's been a nurse for over ten years. And she's real passionate about nurses and their self-care. Interesting. Yeah. And so she's going to have a lot of insights for her. She's She's just a dynamo. You know, I met Kalia a while back. She's she's one of your people. She's a millennial. <laughs> she's a millennial, but my gosh, she's a she's a really hardworking millennial. Not to say that the rest of you guys aren't, but <laughs> but she's a hardworking millennial. And and when she sees a when she sees a problem, she goes in there and tries to fix it. And so she, yeah. she'll talk to us a little bit about, about what she's done around self-care. And also, she's got a real heart for, for diversity in nursing and in healthcare as a whole. And so I'm going to ask her a little bit about some of the work that she's done around that, too. But uh, just to kind of give you an idea, you know, for the for the folks out there who aren't in healthcare and who may not uh, have a lot of ongoing uh, contact with nurses. Yeah. You know, I. I had a, one of my old chief nursing officers. I mean, she, this woman, I think she may have started nursing with Florence Nightingale. I mean, she's been around for a long time. <laughs> that, that long, huh? That long, yeah. Okay. And so I'll never forget what she told me one time. She said, you know, I, uh, I'm really, uh, I, I, nothing phases me. And she said, honestly, I can be wiping it behind and eating at the sa- eating a sandwich at the same time. <laughs> and so that is superhuman. That, that was a visual. I, it took a while to get out of my head, right? But, but she's right. I mean, nurses yeah. nurses are willing to do anything. Um, they see, you know, they see the good and the bad of all of us whenever whenever we're under their care. And, and yeah. boy, uh, you know, I'm grateful for them. You know, I think that unless you are in the healthcare industry or just spend a lot of time in hospitals, you probably don't. The majority of your opinion or knowledge about nurses probably comes from what you see in TV shows, right? Oh, yeah. And so getting the firsthand perspective from a nurse Mm -hmm. and hearing a little bit more about that self-care aspect and diversity in nursing, I think will be awesome. And so I'm really excited about this. Well, I tell you, you know, I got to, I'm going to go back even farther. Another way that you interact with the nurses, you know, hey, the, the nurse that you had whenever you were a little kid at your pediatrician's office. Sure. Okay. We've already established that I'm not a millennial, and I don't even play one on TV. Uh, you know, I'm one of those one of those boomers. Hey, boomer, yeah, yeah. I answer to that. Okay. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so anyway, you know, this is 50 plus years ago. 
more heavily mm-hmm. on the plus. I still remember the nurse in my pediatrician's office, Miss Harris. Really? Miss Harris in Dr. Muwini's office in the towers over on Central Expressway here in Dallas, Texas. Wow. Miss Harris. How I remember her? She used to give me shots. Yeah. I didn't like Miss Harris. Right, right. But then she'd give me a lollipop and things were better then. It helped, but you know, I wasn't much on the shots. I had about a billion ear infections as a kid, you know, and I always had to get that pink medicine. You oh, know? yeah. Like, yeah. To the point where I started to like it after a I while. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, when yeah. they put bu- when they put the bubble, the bubble gum, gum flavoring yeah. in it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right. Enough about our <laughs> strange obsessions with nursing. Here we uh, go. So, uh, whenever we come back, we'll be talking with Kalia Owens about how nurses should take care of themselves right here on I Don't Care. Welcome back to I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson, along with my faithful sidekick and Robin, uh, Tyler Kern. And as I said earlier, we've got a great rock star of a guest on our show this after this morning, Kalia Owens. Kalia is... Hello. Hi, Kalia. How are you? <laughs> good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. We're, we're doing really well. And Kalia is a nurse, as I said earlier. She's got about 10 years of experience. And... She's really passionate about a couple of things. She's really passionate about nurses and, and nurses taking care of themselves. While they're taking care of so many other people, sometimes they, they forget about themselves. And she's also really passionate about, about diversity and nursing and healthcare uh, in general. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, Kalia, you know, uh, in the opening segment, I talked a little bit about how awesome nurses are and uh, frankly, how nurses are the backbone of healthcare in general. But, um, you know, there's a lot of emotional uh, and physical highs and lows uh, that go along with the, the, uh, the benefits and rewards of nursing. So in your career, talk, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, about those highs and lows and what you've experienced and what you've seen some of your colleagues experience. Oh, absolutely. Um, thank you guys for having me on the show. Um, yes, nurses are very much the backbone of, I'd say, healthcare. Um, we were rated the number one trusted profession. I think we're going on 16 years in a row. And mm-hmm. so um, that speaks a lot about nurses and their ability to build relationships and trust with people. A lot of that is based off of just how empathetic we are. And so mm-hmm. um, being in a career where you're kind of highly empathetic, you tend to care for other people, and most times you care for them more than you're caring for yourself, right? Which is why I have such a um, a really good affinity for nurses taking care of themselves because we do so much to take care of others. But um, within the career, I think nursing is very, very rewarding. Um, definitely some highs and lows. Um, we can just start out with the basics. I mean, just getting into nursing school is very highly competitive. And so... Um, when you think about that, there are so many different programs out there that you can pursue with nursing, really just deciding which one is the best one. And so um, I did go through a four-year university, which was really, really good because I came out with my BSN. But um, the culture of nursing has changed over time. And so kind of going back to self-care, we used to have a culture where, you know, nurses took a lot of pride in, you know, their 12-hour shifts not being able to go to the bathroom, not stopping right. for water. It was it was just a go, 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 go. 
um, type of culture. And then there used to be a culture where nurses ate their young. And so um, I would say I was amongst probably the last class I graduated in 2011. So somewhere around that time, they started implementing what's called residency programs. And these programs had the goal of helping to transition nurses, new grad nurses into the hospital because the turnover rates or the retention rates for first year nurses were really, really high or really low, that retention hmm. rate. And so they found that almost 60% at that time of nurses would um, leave the field completely within their first year. And so that number became really, really troubling when she thought about the workforce demand and how many nurses were needed um, to really prevent a nursing shortage. We were trying to figure out why we were losing so many nurses in that first year. And so um, hospitals now, it's nationwide. I would be surprised to find a hospital that doesn't have a residency program. But mm-hmm. I was amongst the first of, of that hospital to have a residency program at that time. And so being um, in a program at during a, a culture transition is really rough because you have some people who are on board and they're like, yes, let's help our new nurses. Let's be right there by their sides and answer all their questions. And then we still have those nurses that were, you know, eat your young, throw them to the wolves. If your patient is crashing, you know, I'm not going to help you. You went hmm. through nursing school like I did. You figure it out. You know, you're talking about the the retention rate being, you know, being pretty low that first year. And, and you've certainly addressed the cultural aspects. But did you have colleagues who, you know, from a physical standpoint or, or frankly, from an overall emotional standpoint, did you see a lot of, uh, of attrition due to that as well? Um, as far as the impact of emotional stress, is that what you're Well, asking? yeah, just, you know, in that first year, just, you know, do would you say that healthcare as a whole sets sets the expectations of what uh, of what nurses uh, should do or are in that first year? Do you think we do a good job of that, or, or are you oh, seeing that no. improve? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, okay. <laughs> so if that's what you're getting at, no, I actually had a, a very recent conversation um, because I'm over a residency program now. Okay. So I was so passionate about just kind of changing cultures that I'm actually um, doing a program or over the, the one at our hospital. But what we find and what we talk to them a lot about is really the expectation versus reality, which is, mm-hmm. I think that as a system, right? So I don't think it's any one person or one place, but as a system, I think the schools, the nurses, the hospitals, the nursing schools, and the individuals themselves, I think we need to do a a way better job of setting that expectation because we kind of throw all the books at nurses and nursing school and we say, you got to know just as much as the doctors. You're the last time before, you know, that medication gets into that Mm -hmm. patient. So if if you give it and it's wrong, it's just as much your fault as it is, you know, whoever prescribed it. But once they get into the field, a lot of what we're demanding is patient experience and hospitality and Uh things that I don't think we are truly emphasizing in nursing school and things that honestly, in my opinion, kind of take us away from our clinical aspects. So I think if we can find a really happy place um, with the two, right? How do we keep nurses engaged for what they sign up for? Because nurses, nurses became nurses because they want to help people. So what, what happens when I come to through a profession and say that I want to help somebody and then my role has changed a little bit once I get in it, 
I'm a little disappointed, right? Like, I don't really feel like I'm getting that satisfaction and that fulfillment that I expected to get. Seeing someone get better during my shift or seeing them feel better during their shift. Now I'm kind of like, man, this patient complained and I'm in trouble, but I didn't get to really help them the way I kind of was taught how to help them. And so it's a little disconnect that happens that I think we're working um, on a national level and at, at different hospital levels to try to mend and figure out what's the best mix and match for that. Well, and I know another frustration that I hear from a lot of my nursing friends is just the the absolute onslaught of documentation, paperwork, everything else that really pulls you away from you know, the actual caregiving uh, aspect. Care, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. You know, it's much like like teachers are now. You know, there's so much documentation involved. They they don't have time for their students. So, you know, uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, as systems really start to get other departments involved, it becomes more collaborative. And so we can really um, figure out what's the best way to help that. But I think nurses, and I'm going to put this one back on the nurses, right? Because not everything is the house, the hospital <laughs> or the healthcare system thought, right? Um, right? But I think nurses have to do a better job at showing up in the spaces where our opinions are needed. And so if that's mm-hmm. your shared governance, if that's your unit-based council, if that's, you know, implementing projects on your unit, I think we do a great job at being clinicians. But when you think about the system as a whole, I think sometimes we tend to fall a little bit short with showing up to the meetings where our input would be valued. And so if your, for example, clinical informatics team meets, you know, every Monday or every first Monday of the month, that's a great way to say, hey, our system, the way our charting system is set up, it's not easy to use. Have we looked at other softwares that we can use and at what cost Mm -hmm. that would be? And really pulling the nurses into some of those decisions that directly affect them, but they may not be aware of. And so um, I know we recently changed one of our charting systems from to a point and click system. And it was very much easier for the nurse to be in and out of the room and document. And so that was something that was changed based off of our workflow. And so, you know, we, we appreciated that. For example, it used to be a, a large assessment that took about an hour to do. And as soon as you exited out of it, you had to start all over. And so for the hmm. hour, you were kind of tied up. You couldn't stop, go, stop, go. And so a simple change that they made was they broke the charting down by system. And so you could chart on the patient's nervous system in, in two minutes. And if you had to jump and do something else, it saved your documentation. And you could come back and finish charting on their GI system or finish mm-hmm. charting on their and you didn't have to chunk out an hour of, of time documenting and not giving the patient care. So it really helped that we need collaboration in order to get more effective systems in place. Sure. I mean, and and, and that to me, that seems like a, you know, just a simple and and, and it should be it should have been an obvious fix. And mm-hmm. so that's great to hear. So, you know, like I said earlier, nurses have have unbelievable, you know, rewarding and satisfying opportunities. But around that, there's just a lot of, a lot of physical and emotional, uh, you know, distress that that comes on on being a nurse. Mm-hmm. So how are how are some nurses coping with that? You know, positively and frankly negatively as well. Um, I think how you cope just a lot, depends a lot on your background and what you were taught. And so um, if I was to advocate for it, I think that we really need to teach nursing coping skills. And instead of 
um, just expecting them to kind of come in and, and know because a lot of people come from very different mm-hmm. backgrounds. And so how one person cope may be, you know, better or worse than another person cope. Um, I think generally um, nurses do a good, a good job at sleeping. So if it's a nursing day off, you know, I'm pretty sure they have their phone on do not disturb and they are catching mm-hmm. up on some sleep as well as our night shift nurses. I do think one to contrast that I think um, nurses tend to love their wine. So if you ever want to give them a, a nice gift, they love it. Um, uh-huh. But that can definitely turn into other things. If you know the only way that you know how to kind of relax and unwind after a shift is to um, grab a drink or even something that's less harmful, but you know still not effective as binge watching TV or something like that. So I think we need sure. to teach more active coping skills. You know, how can we exercise more? I know that they're doing a lot of studies around mindfulness and meditation and how can they bring that into the hospitals. I think journaling is a really effective method because we hmm. deal with a lot of patients that maybe when they left, they didn't get better. And so I need to process how, you know, I started a shift with a patient and then I ended a shift and they passed. That's a, that's a yeah. process, you know? And so I think really, um, I personally think nurses should have, have to go to therapy, you know, maybe not frequently, but there needs to be some type of check-in because um, there's a lot of little traumas that happen, whether it's something that you're experiencing with your patient and new situations. So we just need to help each other process what's going on both in and out the hospital. Yeah, you're exactly right on that. You know, I've seen a lot of nurses go through some some real difficult uh, emotional issues uh, based upon their patients and, and things like that. But, you know, and, and I know I don't know how how prevalent it is now, but but I know early in my career, one of the coping mechanisms that we all had was just extreme gallows humor. I mean, <laughs> I, I found I found that healthcare people can laugh about really, you know, sick things. We do. And, we have and, a little bit so, <laughs> Yeah, we do, don't we? Uh, you know, and and some of the things that we say, you know, I know I've I've said some things in front of my in front of my family and friends, and they look at me like you heartless. And I'm like, no, it was meant to be funny. I'm sorry, but but anyway, you know, that's that's another way too. But you know that there are oftentimes, and and again, in in my <clears throat> thirty year career, uh, you know, I've I stopped laughing. I'm not that old. I'm only I'm only thirty two. Right, uh, right. But uh, yeah, right, yeah. But but I've I've seen some nurses, you know, you know, have I've had to encourage nurses to to even go like to to substance abuse uh, rehabilitation or or as you said, you know, go into counseling or whatever, uh, just to try to to help them. You know, again, going back to the to the original topic, taking care of themselves because they're so focused on everybody else. And and what a I always tell people it takes such a special person to be a nurse because of the high level of empathy that that all of you have. And and yeah, you know, I, I just I tip my hat to you uh, every day. But so so what can what can nurses or frankly anybody that's that's in a caregiving role, what can they do to to really better care for themselves to combat like, you know, nurse, you know, burnout or or fatigue or even potentially addiction or anything like that. You know, you talked a little bit about, you know, better exercise, you know, trying to sleep better. What else, what else would you suggest? I would just 
even say each person should have a toolbox of things. So I don't think that mm. it's a, a one size fits all. I think a lot of this, um, especially from a research standpoint, because I like being very research based with information and nursing, we're taught evidence based. But you, the goal is to build resiliency. So if you look at what the mm-hmm. goal is, the people who kind of go in and out of these burnout phases so they can have bad periods, they can have a bad day, but they don't stay there. They don't stay compassion fatigued, right? Which is that you care so much about the patient and you don't have anything left for yourself um, is that ability to build resiliency so that bounce back. And so we really need to have a toolbox of various things that we do when you have different things going on. So if you need to process um, what's going on, then like I mentioned, having that journal or setting aside that time. If you just need some distractions, so you just need to kind of create space. You've worked three days in a row, maybe four days in a row, then you just, there's nothing wrong. You just need to kind of create space and kind of transition into your home life. So that may be your Netflix Hmm. binge watching day to yourself because, you know, there's nothing that needs to be done. You're just transitioning. I also think that we definitely exercising and being better on the front end with preparing for those transitions and preparing for those changes, um, meditating. I'm a big, big advocate for taking a mental health day. And so I just mm-hmm. kind of talked to my audience about this. We were talking about PTO days. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it's cultural or if it's just transitioning into a professional role. A lot of nurses or a lot of people don't know that your PTO is yours to use as you please. Um, a, yes. lot of, a lot of people think PTO is just emergencies. And so it took a lot for um, me to kind of get them to see that your PTO is for you, it's earned, it's your, it's a perk, it's your benefit. But that has a lot to do with the culture of the workplace as well. Because if your culture is kind of, you know, why are you taking another day off? Then your nurses won't feel comfortable. Or if you're always emphasizing that you're always short staffed, then that person isn't going to feel comfortable taking that day off to kind of rest and recuperate. It's going to be more guilt. Um, associated with it. But if you're like, hey, you have to take your vacation, you have to take a day to yourself. Um, my boss is really, really great. She's like, this is yours and however you want to use mm-hmm. it, feel free. And I think creating a culture around taking your time off, going ahead and relaxing, celebrating the vacations with the families and the marriages and, and those things like that will really create a culture where your job is saying, I honor you here and I honor you outside of work as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I do that as well with my, with my folks. I said, look, you, you know, I, I want you to get away because you can recharge and you come, you come back much more, you know, refreshed, focused and, and ready to, ready to tackle the next big project. So, mm-hmm. well, I tell you what, I, you know, as I said earlier, I know you have a passion too for, for diversity and nursing and healthcare in general. What are you doing around that right now? Um, a couple of different initiatives. Um, I had the pleasure of speaking for um, ACHE on a diversity and inclusion panel. And so that was really mm-hmm. great where we kind of just addressed some of the issues in healthcare and in um, nursing overall. Um, I would say my ultimate goal is just to create a more diverse workforce. Um, I think that 
each population, each community has different barriers to access, whether that's access to education, um, whether that's access to fulfilling careers, or even how we talked about having our own self-care toolkit, you know, that may look different for people in different communities. And so as we see the, the workforce becoming more diverse, as well as the populations that we're caring for, we want to make sure that as organizations, as healthcare organizations, we definitely have that representation because that's a very, very big deal that may not be um, valued as much as it should be. But representation mm-hmm. matters in when you're creating organizations that are being diverse. You want to have people that look like the people that you're servicing as well as looking like your employees and your workforce so that everyone can be included. I also think that I'm very big on nursing innovation and innovation is kind of born from diversity. And so if everyone in your decision-making room only have one background, one culture, you know, one subculture, then your ideas and, you know, some of your solutions to your problems aren't going to vary. But if you get a diverse group of people from different backgrounds and different education in a room, you can kind of brainstorm and come up with a lot more. So I really encourage hospitals to do that. Um, I do have my own organization called Black Girl Group Scrubs, and we really create a tribe around African-American and minorities who are interested in nursing or who want to kind of advance their career to really look at, you know, what's holding you back. Because a lot of, of what prevents us from progressing is just lack of resources and lack of support. And so we aim to kind of solve those two issues. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Black Girl Blue Scrubs because I follow you on on, on Instagram, <laughs> and, and you, you I, I love your posts because you're always so positive, but you also give out a lot of information too. So yeah, well, I tell you what, K- Kalia, it's been a pleasure as always. Thanks so much for for dialing in to to I don't care, and I probably. Tyler, I think it's probably a good time for me to to explain the whole I don't care name again. I think it, so. It's not that I don't care. It's that I'm not a clinician, so I don't care. Uh, you know, there's a different, you know, right there. You don't do the care. I don't do the care. That's right. Kalia so, does the care. Kalia does the care. I don't do the care, but Kalia, thank you for doing the care <laughs> so that I don't have to care. How's that? That is great. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks. Have a great day. You too. Okay, take care. Bye. Mm-hmm, bye. So, Tyler, uh, I kind of apologize. I didn't get the millennial perspective from you today because I had a millennial that I was talking to. You didn't I, need it from me. I didn't me. need you today, Tyler. Yeah, that's I okay. need you, but I didn't need you today. Yeah, it's all good. Okay, good. I, I just My feelings want, are not hurt. I just wanted to apologize on that. Well, but, I appreciate that okay, very much. You know, very much. Because, because, like I said, I do care. I you just do don't, care. I just don't care. You don't do the care. I don't do the care. Okay. So... Uh, Really interesting stuff. You Very know, interesting. A lot yeah. of times we don't think about the people who are caring for us, you know, who, who need to take care of themselves. And and I think Kalia really brought that out, mm-hmm. brought that out very well. And, and so uh, it's always great to, particularly, you know, for for somebody who's been in the industry as long as I have, it's nice to hear from from the young, the younger folks, you know, the 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 kids, the, these kids these days, whippersnappers. I know, right? The you little whippersnappers. Yep. But but it's good to hear from them. And it's great to hear that level of passion. Yes, and, very much. And so. you know, she yeah. is passionate about nursing. She's passionate about healthcare. She's compassionate about diversity mm-hmm. uh, in the industry. And she's right. You know, I mean, if you go into uh, a hospital or go to a physician. And, uh, you know, you'd, you'd like for somebody 
somebody who can who can empathize with you sure. uh, and who understands where you're coming from, you know, culturally or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that's always great to to be able to to have those uh, those folks who who are there and who are readily available. So, well, we we've done a lot today. We talked about nursing. Yes, I threw a lot of love to nursing today, you which did. You I really want did. to do because you know nurses ultimately they've got. You know they're the ones giving you the shots, exactly. and so you know I exactly. want to make make sure that they know how much I love them. But <laughs> but also you know hearing about you know taking care of themselves and, and talking about all of that. So mm-hmm. with that, we're gonna we're gonna tie up today. Put a bow on it. Stick a fork in it. However we're, we want to say it. Yeah, it's different every week. It's different every week, but yeah, let's put a fork in it. I don't care with Kevin Stevenson is done for the day, and we'll talk to you next week. 